Hello! Welcome to episode number 12 of the Joe DeVoe Show. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, but you can call me Joe, and I am here to uplift and support my fellow creatives, lovable weirdos, and makers of magic. And today, I have some help from Nicole PR, the flowy, magical creatrix behind all things ghost, kitten, art, including the Spirit Cats Oracle deck and the upcoming companion deck called, are you ready for this? Witch Cats. Witch Cats. Who's ready to be inspired? Me, I am. I am ready. This interview is for you if you would like to learn how to channel specifically for the sake of your own creative output to be of service to people or you would like to live a more spiritually guided life or you're interested in crowdfunding your next project. The piece that really struck me was how much trust Nicole puts in divine timing, which I am really only just getting the hang of myself. In my experience, as a recovering control freak, developing this skill takes a whole lot of practice and courage, at least at first. It can feel really risky to wait until the time feels right when the whole world seems to be screaming, faster, faster, go, do, be, not to mention your bank account. So I found this conversation incredibly expansive that way in terms of trusting the energetics of time and creating from a more receptive, inspired place. And then also regarding her collaborative relationship with her very best friend, which is huge platonic friendship goals. If you have ever dreamed of having a friendship like that, or you yourself do have a friendship like that. She also talks about being a person who will go out of her way to plan fun into each day, which is something that I relate to and feel is so important to do for ourselves and the people that we share our lives with. So without any further rambling, let's just do it. Let's do this thing. Let's do it. Hello, Nicole. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Did I see that you're in Los Angeles? Is that right? I am. I'm <gasps> near the ocean in Playa del Rey. So the other side, I think from you, but yes, still part of the same place. We're going to have to have coffee or lunch or, or something. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I've been here for a long time now and I really love it here. I think it's where all the, a lot of freaks end up and <laughs> I consider myself part of that group. So. <laughs> I'm a proud Angelino. I have Los Angeles pride, which is a very odd thing because it's really kind of hip and cool to bag on it. But I, I will know. I will defend I'm, it to the end. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Like people are always hating on it. I'm like, no, this is an amazing, magical place. Yeah. Like, the weather so and, and the people get a bad rap too. Like the people are so creative. Yes, we have outsized egos. That is true. But there are yeah. more creative people here that just want to connect and are very weird in a fun way. <laughs> there are. There are like so many artists and creatives and 
kind of bohemian people. And I love that about it. Like people just living different types of lives and stuff. So yeah. yeah, it's like a big city, but there's nature all around too, which people never think about. And for me, that's amazing. Like there's still like mountains and ocean and wildlife and animals. I mean, I've seen more hawks and owls and coyotes. And even when I like lived in the countryside growing up as a kid, it's just yeah. there so many. <laughs> When I lived in the heart of Hollywood, I would be driving home from some party or other at like three o'clock in the morning. And I would see coyotes. One time there were a pair of coyotes that like were running alongside my car, like looking in the window because I had slowed down to be like, oh my God, coyotes. And they were just (laughs) checking me out. Like, you got anything for us, lady? (laughs) I know I I was driving home last night and a great horned owl just flew right by me and landed on the telephone pole right next to us and I'm like what like this is so amazing you know and it's just in the city but yeah there's all these amazing creatures too so I love that about it hello welcome back to the podcast (laughs) yay (laughs) yay let's see if this works better I don't know I don't know okay I have an idea to get us started today okay I have a spirit cats oracle deck in my hand that Ooh. I have pre-shuffled because I am a clunky shuffler. Mm-hmm. I'm a funky clunky shuffler. So <laughs> I shuffled first, although I'll do one little shuffle. And then I thought we'll pick a card and see what it, it has to say. For. Yeah. Okay. So if anybody doesn't know, Nicole is the creator of many oracle decks, including the one that I'm about to pull a card from and they're beautiful. Okay. Night magic. Did I read what it says? Mm -hmm. Meet Vespertine. No sleep for the wild. She is a swirl of creativity and nighttime escapades. She is pure nocturnal playfulness and mystery. Going out at night is not only for the young. Night magic is for everyone. Funny, we were just talking about being out at know, three the owl, <laughs> like owls and coyotes and like late night we were tuning yes. into it already <laughs> explore the night I'm not gonna end there because it's long but yeah very interesting I know I love that and that one not all of the cards in the spirit cats are like that but there are quite a few where it's like it actually is kind of bringing you know some element of actual cats where they're you know, up and about at night and, and then it kind of translates it for us. So yeah, that's one of them that has that where it's really like cat's nature and what we can kind of glean from it or experience of it. We should tell people who you are and what you do and yeah. why, <laughs> why have you dedicated your art to cats? There are other things in your art, but it's very cat centric. It is. There's a lot of cats. So I'm an artist and a writer and intuitive channeler. And so I had a really close relationship to my cat when I was a little kid growing up in the forest in New Hampshire. It was a very like deep spiritual connection with my kitty and being in the woods with my cat. But then I didn't have a cat for a really long time, for many, many years, not in my adult life at all. And I actually painted and drew for so many years, but I also never really drew cats, even though I loved them and had this close relationship with one. And it wasn't until I was doing a lot of illustration work for a stationary client. So doing like journals and all the stuff that gets sold in stores. I was doing all the imagery and the pictures that gets printed on it. 
And I had an art director and I was like, I need time just for free form art where it's not like we need a butterfly and peacocks and, you know, specific things, which is like free form. And so I was doing a practice where I would just for 10 minutes at the end of doing my client work, I would just take out my watercolors and kind of like open up a ritual space and just flow with the paint and just let the paint kind of move and express and just see what would arise. So really no idea of what I was trying to make. And during that time, these magical, whimsical cats started to appear. So not every single day did they appear, but they started like peeking their heads out. I mean, like, here I am, you know, and you that's know, and very cat-like. In and yeah, it itself. is. It was totally like <laughs> kind of snuck up on me, you know, <laughs> they were like, Hello. and yeah, they stuck up on me. And my friend was looking at some of the paintings I was making. And she was like, these cats are interesting. She was like, they're really like different. Like, I don't know, there's something here. You should just explore it more. And so I did a month where every day I painted one of these magical cats and I just kind of opened up and would do the same thing. I, at that point, I had the intention that it'd be a cat, but I didn't know like what it would come out like. And I shared it with people through my newsletter and online at the time. And when I would be painting them, it was like they would come through as a whole being, like they had like names and they were had a specific energy and so when I'd share them, I'd write about like, oh, this is their name. And this is the feeling I was getting from them as I was painting. Like they were transmitting some healing to me as I was painting them. And so I was feeling that move through me and sharing it. And it wasn't until maybe a year later, you know, even after that month, like I still paint cats, like they'll come up here and there in my practice. But it wasn't until about a year later that I realized that it was actually an Oracle deck that was starting to form <laughs> on its mm. own. Like the cats were like, hey, like we want to like be together and go out into the world and share this. So then I really dedicated the time and the energy and kind of corralling it in and making it what it would become. So I kind of feel like I didn't really choose the cats. They kind of chose me. They're like, this is the perfect thing for you. But I think it is because there's this connection between the kind of like mystical mystery and also just like earth and nature, like those two elements and the kind of, you know, the curiosity of a cat, playfulness, mischief. I think those elements resonate with me. So oh, yeah, and they're really I, fun to paint too. <laughs> I mean, cats are famous for choosing their people. And yeah. once you have been chosen, you are the one and that's it. You're their people. Yeah. And I think every cat I've ever had, and I've had many, 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 I'm a, I wasn't allowed really animals growing up cats, but they found me and I'm just stubborn. <laughs> so my mom's like reluctantly buying kibble, but making the cats stay outside. But I've had cats my whole life and they always find me. And, yeah. 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 Actually, I have a cat now and she's in the spirit cat park, but she actually appeared into my life after that month where I painted a cat every day. A friend was like, oh, we rescued this cat off of the street, but we can't keep it. Would you take care of it for a little while while we figure it out? And I was like, sure, sure. So it was like she just appeared and then we just like instantly fell in love. And it was like she was so healing to me at that time. And I was so healing to her because she was like had been in a weird situation. 
I was having nightmares that they were going to like take her back, you know, <laughs> like I have to keep her. And then of course they, yeah, they were like, no, she is your cat. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but it was just mm-hmm. like, she found me too. It was just, I think if you I paint 30 cats in 30 days, a real cat is not to show up. <laughs> it's an invocation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, what's interesting to me about your art and I hope people will immediately go seek it out if they're not familiar yet is I feel like it reads like the energetic body or the spirit of a cat. Mm-hmm. And it feels very cosmic to me also. And I did not know until right before I spoke to you just now that you have another, is it a whole deck called the Cos- yeah. Cosmic Cats? Oh, I have the Cosmic Allies, which is a different deck. That one's not all cats. There is one cat in it, but it's not all cats. It's based on the planetary energies and it's an altar art deck and then book. And then I have right now the deck that I'm releasing, which is a Kickstarter right now is Witch Cats. So the Witch Cats are in a way a continuation of Spirit Cats and they're made so that you could actually combine the decks together if you wanted to. They do have a slightly different vibe from Spirit Cats, but they're like sisters mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. they just like love each other but they're you know the the spirit cats is a perfect way to enter that world it's very loving and playful and just like has this warm embracing quality and then the the witch cats are a little bit more like a little further down the rabbit hole a little weirder like wilder you know more psychedelic in a way like just like this cosmic magic and they have that witchy element where they're really channeling energy and working with it in the in the, on the earth plane and making things happen. So yeah, so they go they go together, but they're like a continuation or sister decks. I like to think it's funny because when I was making spirit cats or when I first did those thirty days, I'm like, there's how am I going to come up with thirty different ways to paint a cat? <laughs> and then there's forty eight cards in spirit cats, and then I thought that that was the end of the project, but then more over time, like more kitties would like come through. And sometimes I would be doing a kitty commission for someone and I would be collaborating with the cat spirit, the energy of the cat. And I would really feel, you know, these messages were coming through from them as well. And I still didn't realize that there would be a second deck for quite a long time. I was just like, oh, they're like still, this world is still expanding. It's still growing. And then now the the witch cat decks is actually going to be 60 cards so it's so many of i can't even believe and there's other ones that decided that they didn't want to be in the decks you know (laughs) they're just Mm -hmm. like had their own journey but they didn't want to be in either deck but also very funny it is a lot of a lot of magical meows (laughs) cat energy yes are the two decks the same size and shape so you can mush them together Yeah, they're the same size, shape, format. So they each have like all the cats have a name and then the keyword or little phrase for the energy and then the actual description or the writing on the back. And the only real difference in the form is that the witch cats on the back of the card, the little frame around the text is slightly different. So if you did mix them together, but then decided that you wanted to take them apart again, you'd still be able to, you know, because you could see that one is a regular little frame and then which cats has like stars and moons and stuff as the frame. I saw you shouting on Twitter that the witch cats Oracle deck, you did a Kickstarter for this, which we totally should talk about, but 
it reached the funding goal in 45 minutes. I know. I know. It was amazing. Yeah. It just launched this past Tuesday and it was really surprising. It just 45 minutes, it hit its goal. I was literally just jumping around and like doing dancing in my studio with my best friend, like the whole time. <laughs> we were just like having a dance party, like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> I'm just so best. excited. And yeah, so it's been going really well. And it's just really amazing to see people excited about working with the witch cats because I love like picturing them. You know, for me, it's like as I've been painting them, I feel like they've each come to me at a time and given me just the healing that I needed in that moment and really been helpful to me along the way. So I love thinking, oh, now there's going to be in other people's lives and they can use them as part of their own practice and help them kind of uh, really claim and expand their own magic. And I just love that that way that my art is able to like bridge that and create that connection for people and help people really expand their intuition and everything. So I'm so excited that it has this expansion energy for sure. Let's remember to go back to Kickstarter because yeah. I want to ask you some other things first. Sure. But I mm-hmm. feel like I know so many creative people that would love to know how crowdsourcing works. So yeah. we'll yeah. circle back. But for sure, two questions that are just urgent in my mind right now. One is I've heard you talk about your friends a bunch and you've mentioned it, I think, a couple of times here with such love, like your friends seem like family to you like so important yeah Yeah. and I think that's really interesting and I would love to hear you expand on that a little bit but also it feels like you have found your joy and your bliss and your flow in that and this world that you love to play in and that there is an ease in that and is that true or is that an illusion (laughs) totally well I have multiple friends but my like really I have one extremely close friend we're we're both introverts so you know we're like each other's best friends and we've been friends for 18 years so we're really close she's also an artist I actually taught her intuitive channeling like working with nature spirits and our guides and so I taught her that like 14 years ago and she's really expanded that and so we've done is we'll like do this for each other and help each other like navigate our creative projects and things that come up in life, but like from this space of like channeling. So we'll trade back and forth with that. And it's it's such a deep, intimate connection to have with someone. And then also to be able to really like, if I have an area where I'm feeling like it's hard to be like completely clear because I have a lot of like emotional attachments or I'm just like, I really want this to work, you know, like that kind of energy where you can get a little like, ah, it's like she can come in as a much more from much more neutral place. And I can do the same thing for her and really kind of open up and get that guidance to come through in a really clear way. You know, she's she's also the one who, as a fellow artist, she's not a painter, but she makes like really magical lights and sculptures and intuitive tools like pendulums and ritual bells. And she has such a good sense of color and, and she has this really strong intuition. So I think when she saw those cats, it was like her art background, but then also just the intuition. She was like, this is something you have to take this further. And I think it can help to have someone really who knows you, but also is just like a little bit outside of you. So they can kind of see where something is really shining that we might overlook, you know, we might kind of be like, oh, it's just in the flow of like all this other stuff, (laughs) you know? So, so yeah, she's an amazing, is an amazingly helpful to me and we've collaborated together. So she actually has like 
some things in my shop and, you know, she's helped me with my business and stuff. So there's a lot of collaborative energy. That yeah. is the dream of a woman's friendship. Yeah. Because it's, it's so strengthening to yeah. have somebody in your corner like that. Let's give her a shout out because also she's involved. You sell some of her stuff on your mm-hmm. website and yeah. in your shop. And then she's also contributing to your Kickstarter, right? She uh, is. Her name is Katya Rudneva, which is a little bit hard to remember, but she's Blooming Bliss Art um, on Instagram and gardenoflightmagic.com is her website. But she made um, really amazing, beautiful sculptural light catchers that are the highest here in my Kickstarter that have all these like beautiful beads and crystals and layers of silk flower petals and a gold moon hanging down. Like they're really magical. Like I love having, I use pendulums a lot, but like I, now that I've seen her pendulums, which are just like, I, I know that you like a lot of colors too. Cause I remember hearing that in one episode, but like, yeah, yeah. it's like a lot of things are kind of plain, you know, it's just like one little crystal and hers is like, you have so many different colors, but they just like go together in the most yummy, lush way. We're just like, like, I almost want to eat them. I'm like, they're so yummy. (laughs) They just look so good. And then they have a beautiful, like big tassel at the end with all these like colorful petals. And it just feels like a magical garden, you know, which is like blooming energy. So I love having her ritual tools around and she picks spirit cats and witch cats like every day, you know, so there's that kind (laughs) of like back and forth where we share our creations with each other a lot. Yeah. She's got great taste. I love her taste and her style. And I think what's interesting is you two are making such different things, but they're so compatible. You can just picture them in the same home. Yeah. 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 We've definitely done that before too, where we like, I'll make a painting and then she'll make like a wall hanging. Like I'm looking at one right now where I have like this painting, it's all like blue and it's of a, an owl with the galaxy eyes and a moon behind it. And then she made a wall hanging to go underneath it. And it has like a big piece of lapis lazuli underneath it and this golden mandala and then a gold tassel at the bottom. And like, this big white bead that looks like a full moon, you know, she kind of like plays off of it and can create something. So it's, yeah, we've done things like that together. And I think the piece that she made for my Kickstarter, which is called Sunset Moon Light Catcher, but it has a lot of the same colors. Like the Witch Cats is a very saturated deck. Like it has a lot of jewel tones, sunset, like illuminated light feeling. So there's lots of like color. It's very vibrant. It feels very much like a really vivid garden. And that's how her piece is as well. So we were just like scrolling through. I'm like, oh, it's like from the same world, you know, <laughs> even though it's like a completely different thing. They sit well together. They're like happy together. And I think, you know, when you're really close friends with someone too, there's this, it kind of becomes like a feedback loop of inspiration too. So I see some amazing thing that she made with like, where she puts unexpected colors together that just really pop. And then that might inspire me in a painting or like vice versa for her. So it's so nice to have that because it can feel, you know, I work from home in my studio. Like it's a lot of uh, like solitary time. Mm-hmm. And so it's so great to have this creative feedback and like amplifier with like a really close friend. Yes. And also dispelling the myth of the competitive female relationship. 
I yes. feel like, yeah, you guys are loving in <laughs> defiance of that. It's awesome. Yeah, we're not like that at all. We're more like, let's dance around and make things together. <laughs> oh, so fun. Okay, so that is part two of my question. Joy, yeah. joy, bliss, creative ease. When do you feel like you hit that? Did you have yeah. that moment or have you been like this forever? I'm always have been a very playful person since I've always had that kind of like childlike wonder, curiosity, like I've always loved playing and I'm the type of person that will put energy into like fun, like not just like work, like I'll be like, I want to have an amazingly fun day and I'll like make something amazing happen. So I think that is true that, that I've kind of had that for a long time, but one of the big shifts that's happened and a lot of it has been inspired through, you know, the channeling sessions that I've had with Katya, with my best friend, is um, shifting from this mindset, which I had before, you know, it's kind of like an old habitual pattern of like, I have to work really hard and like, mm. maybe I'll just get like a little something out of that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a lot of effort, not like a lot of return, just like kind of like, struggling through like scraping yeah. your way you know and so I think I've seen that shift a lot and a lot of that has been changed through the guidance that I've gotten in these channelings but it's like where part of my creative process now and part of what I do is things that don't look like they're a part of it like actually part of working on this deck is spending the whole day and going on a hike and just sitting under a tree and being in nature for like a whole day that that's actually like changing me into a place where I'm in a more of a state of flow and I can be more connected in order to create what I create. And I think that it has like, I've seen ripple effects of this. So leading up to this Kickstarter, which can usually be like an intense time on a, like on a business level, I kept only working like four days of the week, going on hikes every day, going to the ocean every day, like going for walks, just bringing in these things where there was a part of me and I could see it now where it was like, wanted to go into deadlines approaching, like no time for fun, just work, 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 you know? And I'm like, no, that's the old way. Like, I'm just going to trust that there's time for these things and it still will work out. And I think that it actually worked better. <laughs> Like it was like the opposite, like it worked way better because it was, I felt more supported and relaxed and I didn't feel like I was sacrificing myself for it because I create healing art and part of it is that it heals me too. It's not like I sacrifice myself at the altar and I'm like, no energy, just like burnt out husk. And then like everyone else gets like this healing <laughs> you know, oh my like... goodness. Yes. <laughs> yes. Where were you in my life even five years ago? Because yeah. <laughs> learning this is fairly new for me in the, you know, bigger scope of my life. Most of it was yeah. like, I think proving yourself as a creative person, like, yes, I understand society sees me as a flake. So I'm going to work like 10 times as hard. And also there's that poverty mentality that is built right into that archetype the starving artist and there's some desperation there so this is a really important thing I think for creative people to learn so I'm excited you're highlighting that yeah yeah it was a really big thing and there's times when it was like super like you're like oh bring in more bliss bring in more joyful like playful moments more time with nature it sounds so good but Honestly, there were like moments in that transition that were extremely hard, like uncomfortable because 
it was like everything inside me, like not my intuition, but all of my like programming was just like, we need to get this done. We need to be ambitious. Like this needs to be finished. It needs to be out there. And a lot of times I needed to slow down. I needed to pause. And that's how I was getting into the flow. But it was like pausing and not running that old program. It was was so hard to put the brakes on. Yeah. (laughs) At moments, like I would just be like, oh my God, like, ah, like just trusting it. There was a big moment with that with my Cosmic Allies deck because I was getting the message. It was pretty much ready to go. It was like, I did all the art. I did all the writing. I designed it. It was ready to go. It was like ready. I could have launched it. And I just kept getting the message. It's not time. Just pause. And for months, it was like, you need to understand what this deck is more. You need to receive the healing of it more. And I think really what it was, was it was like unraveling that kind of striving, desperate, ambitious energy from my creative energy. It was like, they were so woven together. It was kind of releasing them from each other. And it was definitely an uncomfortable process at points, <laughs> but oh it's so much gosh. better. Like after, but like at points, I was like, oh, but I, I don't know if I could trust it. <laughs> I am so excited to speak with you for different reasons, but it's also growing as I'm talking to you because, well, for sure we have to talk about channeling, but yeah. you reached out to me. And I want to make that clear to people because people are so terrified to do that. And you are not, or it did not appear that way at all. And I said yes right away because I have your deck and your calendar and your stickers and I love your art. But right after I was like, what did I just do? I don't even know (laughs) if she can speak, you know, like some people are very shy, especially creative people. And I was just like, okay, well, this is going to be interesting. (laughs) What are we going to do for an hour? Just be like, your deck is so cute. No, really, really cute. I love the art. That was all I had to go on. Yeah. So I went digging around on your Instagram and I was like, okay, all right. This lady can talk and she has ideas. And now that I'm talking to you as well, it's actually, I mean, I love painting, but I love writing too. So I do Every week I send out my newsletter and I actually write a lot. I love sharing more personal things, more personal stories in my own like journey, my own like growth journey and practices that I love. So I actually love writing. I mean, the the writing part of the deck. When I was a kid, I thought I was going to be a writer. I loved reading like stories and everything. And and then I got more and more into art. And then it kind of like looped back around and I like came back to write it just like was a circle (laughs) and they're all merged together (laughs) now I'm like writing and painting writing and painting so (laughs) I think they make a nice balance for each other because they kind of access different parts and you're able to give one side a rest while you're exploring the other particularly writing I think writing is one of those things that needs space yeah Yeah, in between like an integration process and I Mm -hmm. feel like painting can help you with that Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's fun to have different moods of creativity to to be in, for sure. So channeling, I think that's also really interesting related to what you were saying Mm -hmm. about divine timing and getting out of your way, because you can't channel if you're in effort. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) You can't channel if you have like, I need to get this done. I need to speak to my spirit guides right now. And I have three minutes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You have to like, let go to let it in. So I love that. When did you get into channeling? 
I guess it would probably be like maybe 20 years ago now. It's been, it's been a long time. I used to work at a little shop. I got a job in a little shop and the old Abbot Kinney in Venice that was a flower essence shop. And the woman who worked there, they taught me how to do some like basic channeling using a pendulum in order to pick from hundreds of different flower essences for people. And, you know, like, just like, it was, it was completely new and it was really basic at that point. Like what I was opening up to was just like very simple, but then I saw all this magic happening with the people that I was working with in the store. I'm, I'm kind of like you or I'm like naturally a skeptic, but also like really I'm kind of out there too. <laughs> it's like a yeah. weird mixture. So I'm like, well, I don't know. Like I'm curious about this and I'm like totally open to it, but like, I don't know for sure. Like, let's see what's happened, you know? And it was really surprising what would happen when we would find out what the flower senses were meaning and like the synchronicities with it were just like mind blowing. And so I think that kind of was like my first foray. And then over the years, I opened it up more and more and I really worked with my guides. And then also equally, I work with nature, like nature spirits and nature energy for co-creation in the physical world. And so I love really connecting to the nature spirits and having that energy be part of it. Yeah, it's just so many years of practice of like going into that meditative space, like learning how to have my ego and identity, like just step to the side so that I can receive and being open to trusting, even for some like really big decisions, you know, when you take some leaps of faith, you know, the in the earlier times, it would be like small things I would ask about, you know, like I used like channeling to help me like decorate my first apartment, <laughs> you know, so I like did it with easy things for like things where there's like not really much at stake. And then years later with like bigger things, like leaving jobs and doing really big shifts and the direction of my business, things where there's a little bit more at stake where you're like, well, this is my money. Like I need this to survive, you know? So, (laughs) but yeah, it's been integral. It's really helped me to really connect me to my true soul desire. Like what I really want, but I might be hiding it from myself a little bit, obscuring it, but it's what underneath I really want. And it, lets me see that, you know, I'm like, oh yeah. So it can feel scary, but it always feels on a deep level really good because it's aligned. It's almost like a sigh of relief, even if it's nudging you in a direction that feels a little bit like, you know, this is a little scary. This is a little bit out of my comfort zone, but you're like, oh, but that could be so good <laughs> you know, at the same time. Are you yeah. saying that you're connecting to your soul? So when I do a channeling, it's the style of channeling that I do, I learned from this woman, Michelle Small Wright, who works all with like nature spirits a lot. And she works with guides and then your higher self. You build this container with a sort of matching energy of nature and then your guides and your higher self. And they kind of all hold that container. And then that from that place, you, you channel. So I feel like it's always aligned with your higher self. And I, I mean, I don't know exactly, like I'm like, these are words, like what exactly are they pointing to? I don't know, but in my life, it's really worked. <laughs> so, well, how, what is the manifestation for you? Is it words like automatic writing? Is it for me? I hear it as words. And so I just like hear it in my mind. So I just like hear like a stream of words. I can do it through writing too, mm-hmm. um, like automatic writing, but I learned it as just kind of like opening up in a meditative state. And I would say 90% of what I receive is just like words. And it got more, at first it would just be like, yes, 
now, you know, I mean, like really plain. And then as it got deeper, it became more like, it would just be like, just like a whole download would be like a lot of things and a lot of information coming through. And so it kind of expanded what I was able to open up and receive. And sometimes I'll get images, but mostly it isn't images. Like I'll like get an image in my art, which is a little bit different type of channeling in a way. Like if I connect to a cat, I'll like can see how they want to be seen. Like I can feel, and sometimes I'll hear a word, they'll be like a kitty and they'll like really want to be like turquoise. They're like, I'm a turquoise cat. Like they're just like that, you know? And I'm like, well, how am I going to like do that? You know, (laughs) like how am I going to make you? And they're like, no, I'm turquoise. I want to be like in a little meadow with mushrooms and I want it to be really happy and like cheerful. I'm like, well, how do I like this into a painting? But I can feel like it's really being pulled in that direction. And then it's kind of a fun, creative endeavor to like, how am I going to transfer that vision that, you know, the spirit of what the, this is like wanting to be, and then make it a physical thing that you can look at and be like, oh, that really has that vibe, you know? <laughs> so I love it's that. It's really, it's really how your cards feel. It feels like the essence, the soul essence or the energy of a cat instead of a cat. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I think that's definitely what happens. Mm. And there's some of the cats are real cats. So it'd be like an actual cat that I've worked with in a way to co-create the picture. And then some of them just came out of my imagination, but I do feel like it's consolidated into a vision and a creature, like a specific energy. And I see it as a creature that's going to kind of almost like a talisman where it's going to hold that energy and emanate it out. And then the person who looks at the card, they'll feel that coming from it. It's my way of sort of transmitting it to other people and sharing it. I feel like you've already kind of answered this, but I just want to double down on it for the creative people that are afraid to promote themselves. Because I feel like you do it so beautifully. If I'm listening to you correctly, I think it's because of the strength of your friendship and the trust in your intuition and guidance through channeling. Those are pieces of it, at least. Those are definitely like really big pieces of it. And there's been times where I like nervous, but like say when I wrote you to ask to be on the podcast, I've gotten to a point now, instead of being like, okay, here's a list of things I need to do to promote I wait for it to sort of overtake me where it kind of like just comes up and I'm like, this is what I have to do. Like, I just feel this really strong feeling and it's like, feels like it's flowing through me. And then I just immediately like write the email in that moment to pitch. It's, it feels like it's calling me right in that moment. And so, so rather than just being like, oh, I have a list of to do's. And I think that helps me to just kind of trust more and just go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that with, I think Goddess Provisions was like, pitch them in the same way where it was just one day it was a Friday and I was connecting to Venus energy and goddess energy and I was like it just popped into my head and I'm like I have to write this right now instead of waiting to where it's almost like if you're like gonna jump off something high to the water if you like stand there too long and like look down oh my <laughs> god like, yes you're gonna uh-huh. be like this is like now but if you're just like oh like I want to feel free and then you look at the sky and you're like I'm going you like take one look to make sure everything's safe and stuff you know so it's, it's legitimately <laughs> will be safe you're gonna be okay but it just seems a little scary then you just go for it so that kind of helps me and the other thing that really helps me a lot is Because I think with creative work, I think whether you're doing the kind of channeling that has a specific form, I think that there's any kind of creative work just inherently has a bit of channeling in it. And it's kind of mixed with your own 
aesthetic and your own passions and your loves. And it kind of blends together with what wants to be transmitted, what ideas and things want to come through into the world. And so I like to think of it as that I am being of service to the thing that is created. Like it's not about me so much as it is about oh, here's this witch cat Vex that came through me and it wants to work with people. It wants to bring this healing energy to people. And I have to be of service to that. I have to, I'm the one that needs to get it to them. Like I need to let the people know that it is even there. So they'll know that if it's the right thing for them, you know? Nicole, (laughs) you are so inspiring. This is so cool. Yes. And in that way too, it becomes an extension of the creative process Mm -hmm. and takes the fear of it being all about you out at least a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And I think about, you know, I love reading a book. I'm an avid reader and I love looking at a painting and I love like, I have a collection of Oracle decks and tarot decks. I love all of those things. And I think about it when I've seen people that I know who've made something that I know is really amazing and they don't really like show it or share it with anyone. And I'm just like, oh, imagine if this painter never shared this amazing art, like I wouldn't have this experience. So I think about the other people on the other end, like there might be someone who wants to experience it and you're kind of like hoarding it, you mm. know what I mean? And you're like, I'm like, oh, let it free. Of course. Like and why, it doesn't did, have it, to why be, did it even come through you in the first place? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be perfect because I like to watch people's evolution too. So your very first thing you share doesn't have to be the perfect masterpiece. You know, like I love seeing things evolve. I think that's part of the excitement of reading different books from the same author, like reading through their entire like works, you know, it's like seeing how an idea starts in one book and then, you know, another book, it veers off and goes in a different direction, but you see, oh, there's these themes that keep coming up and like these images that they come back to. It really has this meaning for them. And really what they're doing is creating a whole world over time that keeps Mm -hmm. getting more and more rich. And I love being in that. And so I think, oh, well, other people want that too. They want to be in this world of like the spirit cats and the witch cats and you don't want to be in it from the beginning and they want to watch it grow (laughs) it's not like once it's all like done and we're ready to like move on completely (laughs) so totally yes okay for people also that are curious about crowdsourcing crowdfunding kickstarter can you tell them a little bit about that process? Did you do that for Spirit Cat also? I did. I did. And when I did it for Spirit Cats, I actually had a much smaller audience, like a pretty small audience at that point. So that was six years ago when I did Spirit Cats. So it's actually like a place where you can start and, you know, you do have to build up. Um, I would say there is still some effort that you need to put into like building up an audience and building uh, connections with people leading up to it, but you don't have to start giant. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to wait until you have this huge following or something. It's like you put energy into it, you build those relationships and, but it can be more of a seed. And so, you know, at that point, this part of my business, you know, the retail part in a way where I like sell decks and prints and tarot cloths and all of that stuff, it didn't exist. I was doing mostly like client illustration work. And so, you know, I didn't have the capital to just like buy 2000 decks from like a manufacturer. So mm-hmm. crowdfunding is great for that because you can kind of like test and see if there's enough interest 
to get you to like your seed money of what you need to make whatever it is you want to make. And that way it works really well. Like you're not like, oh, I just invested $7,000 and like I sold two decks and I don't even have space for these and what am I doing? (laughs) In that beginning phase, it was very helpful in that way because it allows you to to test and like connect and it brings everybody in to help you make it happen. So there's this collective energy of like you're working together to make this happen. And then my second deck, I actually just did a pre-order like through my website. I didn't do Kickstarter. And then I came back to do Kickstarter for Witch Cats. And the second time, like more deeper in, the reason why I wanted to do Kickstarter was it can also be a place to expand your audience even more because Kickstarter has its own audience. In 2016, when I did Spirit Cats, there was very few Oracle decks. And it was like nothing like that on there, really. It was it was like a few, like a handful, but not really. And now there's actually a community of people who are looking for like indie decks on Kickstarter. So it has its own... A built-in audience. Yeah, there's a built-in audience. And it's fun, too, to look like for me. I'm like, I'm also a deck aficionado. So I like yeah. looking and seeing what people are making, you know, and get to be part of it from the beginning. So it can be really fun and connecting as both the maker and the person who's supporting it. So yeah, I like it from both. It can help you expand and and grow, but you do, it does take energy to put in leading up to it outside of Kickstarter as well, like building up connections with audience through like social media and like a newsletter or something like that. Like that really helps to have some kind of foundation there to start. So you can do things in that way first, just like you would with any business. What's your relationship with social media? Do you have a favorite platform? Are there places that you have found are better for making connections with? Yeah, for me, the best place has been Instagram, especially as an artist. It's just like so much art and sharing your art. It's been good. It's a little bit like not quite what it was when I started with it because it's, you know, it's gotten so big and complex and <laughs> there's a lot going on there. <laughs> just like yeah. all social media nowadays you're like whoa it's a mix of a lot of things but uh, <laughs> yeah and you're like before it was like I just looked at art in my feed I'm like witchy stuff so I don't know what, what happened there exactly but it's still a good place to make connections and like talk I think and I haven't explored too much because I can get kind of burnt out too if I try to do too much different social media simultaneously so I've thought about I've started doing like reels and Instagram and doing more of that and so I thought about like doing TikTok I have TikTok actually and I have some of them there but it's just like a lot to juggle but I feel like the real like intimate connection that I have with people is through my newsletter actually so yeah because I love writing and then I can share like much deeper and I'm really talking to people and a lot of times people write back to me and it's like outside of the noise of social media so I feel like one of the values that I have in my business and even in my life but really my business is like this feeling of intimacy and connection and just really sharing from the heart being really honest and connecting to people on that level And I feel like the the newsletter is more of like a safe container for that. So I can go a lot deeper, reveal a lot more and tell more of the story. And social media is like so fast 
and like so many different things so it's like a little bit harder to feel that <laughs> absolutely yes i'm a fan of the newsletter especially yeah. for small businesses but mm-hmm. this is a good chance to tell people where can they find you and can you give us a easy to remember url for people that are on the go and are not staring at a computer yes yes if you want to go to witchcatsdeck.com, that will take you right to my Witch Cats page on my website. And then you can come to the Kickstarter through there as well. And I will just be like an easy way to explore everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so just witchcatsdeck.com. Um, yeah, and that's my newsletters on there as well. Like everything is there. How do they find you on Instagram? Instagram, I'm ghost kitten art. Ghost kitten art. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. No extra characters. There's there's not like scammers and impersonators nowadays. So it's just oh, ghost know. kitten art. Nothing. No. No other things. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Scammers. Oh, I know. I deleted Facebook a few years ago, and I stopped posting in 2019 on Instagram and I was like I'm not sure if I'm going to delete it or not but I'm definitely not going to post there anymore yeah for a long time and then it took me years to decide it took me a couple of years like what am I going to do and then I kind of cautiously returned yeah recently and it's a completely different place I don't even know know what's I don't even know what's going on it's (laughs) crazy like my feed is I'm just like what is this it's like not even people I follow that are just everywhere on my feed I'm just like I don't know I keep trying to get it to like be what it was by like unfollowing and but now they just feed you stuff like I used to have a much more like contained community feeling on there with like witches of Instagram or things like that and I made a lot of friends there you know Mm -hmm. through that and I'm still friends with these people like these online friends but it just got really diluted with the way that Instagram like runs the feed it feels like a little bit like chaos which is the feeling I got from Facebook when I left Facebook and now I'm like starting to well they own Instagram (laughs) so you know (laughs) when I had Facebook I had to like take off my feed like I never put it on my phone and then I'd use like a widget to take the feed off because it would just scatter my brain into like a million pieces I couldn't think straight so I was just Mm. like I need to remove this yeah so it's a little bit crazy I don't know (laughs) yeah for the creatives listening this is another reason to have a newsletter list because these social platforms change so quickly they do and they can do whatever they want they can delete your entire profile if they feel like it and sometimes they do so I know (laughs) it's good to have your own space and your own list yeah yeah and I mean you can use social media to help build that and find things that will bring people in you know I have a a little free course called vision seeker that's uh, card pulls and daily like guidance and it kind of takes you on a guided quest with meditations and journaling prompts and it's 13 days and you go through with your cards and you go on this journey and it helps you to connect to your intuition and find clarity and really get clear on where you want to go next so you know I have something like that that I give for free and then people will sign up for my newsletter through that so I think things like that you do get some growth when you do things like that but yeah the newsletter is such a more relaxing place and it's like I like writing for it I go and sit out in my garden and I'm like tune in like what do I want to share what am I learning it's just much more my speed where Mm -hmm. it feels like cozy yes (laughs) what is the name of this 13 day it's called vision seeker and if you go to my website um so even if you go to the witchcatsdeck.com link 
you'll see courses and then you click on that you'll see vision seeker and it's just a free 13-day course and i love doing guided meditations as well so there's three guided meditations that are part of that course that you get with it too so it just takes you through this really beautiful journey perfect okay well let's end this thing with the the famous last question what is one tip you have for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams Mm, I want to say nature (laughs) I'm just gonna be like (laughs) nature like it's so especially if you're someone who is kind of witchy and can be a little bit out there and a little bit like so many creative ideas so much things happening like in our being like so much stuff coming through it's like nature just grounds us and helps to kind of pour all that energy out and really come back into our bodies it helps us have the space for more expansion it's like that part where like you bring it down and it integrates and then you have the capacity for like the next big explosion of creativity and download (laughs) so yeah I'm a big proponent of it. Some quiet time in nature. Just sit under that tree, lay on it, put your back on it, <laughs> lay yeah. on the ground, lay on the beach, wherever you can like lay down on the ground and just like feel nature. Yes. Thank you so much for doing this, Nicole. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful. It's so much fun. All righty. That is my conversation with Nicole. I hope you loved it. I believe the fundraising for the Witch Cats Oracle is about to close here in the next 48 hours or so. So if you want to be a part of that, definitely go to the show notes and follow the links or go directly to her website. And if you're loving the podcast here and you want to support, you can do that over on Patreon. I am Joanna DeVoe on Patreon. And I have a couple of tiers you can check out over there. I hope you're having a fabulous end of spring. Summer is on the horizon. It is coming for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. For those in the Southern Hemisphere, winter. Winter is coming regardless. I hope it's a good one for you. And until we meet again, always remember, life is change. Change is magic. Magic is life. And the journey is the creation. Much love to you. Peace. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.